Hey team, welcome to Authority Optional, Leadership Beyond the Rulebook. Today, we had our inaugural run of an interview with a C-suiter. That's what I'm going to call it. Somebody who is high up in the company, they are they have achieved what they were looking to get and they've carved themselves a really nice life and a really nice job and they've done some amazing things for the team that works for them. In this first version, in part one, we talk about uh, actively creating connection for the uh, the team and the members and creating psychological safety and how efforts in culture creation have changed throughout uh, the growth of that position. But remember, stay tuned for next week because we're going to keep going with Mac. He had more to say and we enjoyed all of it. Enjoy the show. All right. I think we got you. Mac, can you still hear us? Am I live? Yeah, you're live, man. All right. Um, okay. Audience, we got a special treat for you. We have our inaugural interview with inaugural. Uh, I thought you'd done this before. Uh, no, we've we've done uh, we've done shows and we've had callers, but we have not had um, what I described in our latest bonus episode as a, an interview type or caller type number three. Oh, okay. Okay. an interview with somebody that's in like C suite or head of a department, you know, way up the chain kind of individual. <laughs> Somebody who has been through middle management and came out the other side up top rather than out the back end. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's kind of, it's, I feel like a turd at this point. It, 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 <laughs> I've gone all the way through the system. I've come out the other side. I guess, I guess an easier way to put this is you're the first interview where we're actually going to use your real name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're. I don't think you're uh, gonna need to express any any concerns. I mean, you're free to, but uh, I would rather go by Batman. By Batman. Okay. We'll see. Call me Batman. For I'm the sorry. Rest you're gonna have to do the voice. We'll see how it plays. Yeah, that's right. If you want to be called Batman, you got to do the voice. I can't do the voice. All right. Well, and Mac, it is. <laughs> oh, and a little clarification uh, for our audience if they haven't figured it out right now: we have a Mac and a Max. So we're gonna try to be careful about talking about things that Mac owns because <laughs> that's immediately going to say Max again. <laughs> um, that's true. You gotta, yeah. All right. So quick plug because um, Mac is, uh, is important to our local community and he's important to Josh and I, we'll get into why in just a second, but his business, if you are in Idaho and looking for real estate, particularly land ownership, if I have that correct, that is correct. Um, the company is called National Land. You can go to nationalland.com and you can listen to Mac's podcast at the National Land Podcast. And here is what leads us into one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, that Mac is on the call with us today is because Mac has actually helped us get our start in our podcast as baby podcasters, gave us a bunch of great advice, and helped us get up on our feet and get stuff rolling. We have questions that are not related to podcasting because, you know, we've, as mentioned, we're rolling. But we do have some questions for you about your uh, your leadership, culture, things like that. We'll, we'll we'll get to that stuff. We'll we'll warm up your rotator cuffs first because I always have right. to get one. Mac, how are you doing today? I am doing well. We got sunshine, uh, no snow, which is a bummer, but uh, yeah, doing well. Mac is the chief marketing officer of said company. And uh, has an MBA as well. So he's got an extensive both education and lived experience background. Uh, Mac, how long have you been in marketing at this point? 
Oh, I started freelancing while I was in college. So we're going on 20 plus years. And how many employees do you have that work with you on your team right now? We've got five. It's a small team. Okay. Small but mighty. Small but mighty. Small but mighty. Yes. We, we, uh, we uh, all wear several hats during the course of a day or a week. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. With a, with, a, with a team that size and as much, pardon the pun, ground as you guys cover. <laughs> wow. All right. I'll see myself out. <laughs> yeah, we can. It's a good thing that we have edit buttons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's uh, let's dive into this. I'm I'm, I'm going to warn the audience. Uh, we like chatting with Mac a lot, so this might turn into a two-parter. If uh, if Mac's got the time and we get carried away, it just might have to be. Uh, question number one: How do you actively create connection for your team and team members? Active, you know, I can honestly say I have never thought about creating uh, creating a connection with them. In, in just in the terms of I've never formalized it. Um, the the whole goal I had sort of when I when I came on board as you know kind of a you know C-suite position. I have a hard time saying C-suite position. It just it feels it feels bougie, you know. But um, you know, I, I lead a marketing <laughs> That's team. That's why we like you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I guess you know, you can get carried away with the titles and stuff. I, I have a hard time with that. I've just been I've been blessed with the opportunity to lead a team. Um I I don't create I, I guess I'd I kind of just feel it out. It's all by the hip. I wish it was more planned. I wish I had more of a conscientious decision around that. Uh, it's really just an opportunity for me to create the kind of environment that I always wanted to work in. And, you know, I've, I've been in some good environments and I've been in some awful environments throughout my career. And it was just my chance to build what I want. And so I've, I've really focused on, you know, we work hard. The team works hard. That's the whole basis of our existence. But I, I, and I, my, I, dri I drive my director crazy because I derail meetings often because it is like we all work hard. So I try to keep that informality. I try to keep that personability with the team. Um, you know, we get, we get very, you know, I would say personal, you know, nobody deep dives into anybody's lives, but we do talk about stuff and, and we just sort of mix it between personal and business. I know that's not like the most time efficient thing in the world, but we all work remote. So you do have to have that because everyone else is grinding all day and you need that break and that connection kind of in the middle of the day to know you're on the same team. Yeah, that sounds real damn familiar. Yeah. I, I think I've said some of those exact words in earlier episodes, creating a culture that I just wanted to work in myself. So it's, it, you'd almost call it selfish. Um, just, <laughs> yeah. I, and, and then the second thing is trying to keep things as informal slash realistic as possible. That's, that's how I run my meetings. That's how or ran my meetings. I don't have meetings these days. Um, that was, you know, that's, yeah, as Josh said, that's real familiar. Aren't we having a meeting right now? Yeah, that's Just right. That's, that's true. Have we a meeting are right now. I, I, if, as far as tone and setting, like that's, this is pretty much how any of my meetings go. You know, it's a little off the cuff. Um, we do keep the deadlines and stuff like that. We really focus on the business, but when we have a few extra minutes, I totally derail things. I, like I said, I drive my director crazy when she's trying to get, you know, to a deadline conversation. But uh, I, I got to keep that that levity with it. Yeah. 
that goes back to the tagline of this podcast and and i've used it for a long time prior to this podcast which was if you're not having any fun at all you're doing it wrong so i i think it sets a great tone when you're willing to create space even if it's uh, uh, even if it's in a joyful way off the cuff in your meetings it, it creates that space it's funny because the next question we wanted to ask you was how you create psychological safety for the people you work with and how do you open it up for them to be able to come to you with problems, ways that things maybe could be more streamlined or they're not working as efficiently as they can and give them the confidence that they can approach you. And, uh, and it may play back into what you were just talking about, about just being authentic in your meetings. But is there anything that you can put your finger on you specifically do that allows your team to banter back and forth in order to get things done with the highest level of, you know, in your, in your sense, the highest level of market penetration and professionalism that, that you can possibly put out? You know, yeah, I, I think it has to do with being just transparent and, and I do believe in leading through vulnerability. I, I do these lessons pretty routinely with my team where I'll screw something up or I'll foul something up, you know, that they never even heard about. And I will bring it to their attention. Like, Hey guys, I just made a mistake. I want you all to know about it. Uh, and so I'll sit down there and I'll talk about, you know, what I did, how I did it. You know, if it was a matter of missing a minor detail because I was in a hurry, or if it was, you know, I'm just trying to think of different things that have happened where, where I got stuck in my own head and I didn't fully communicate, you know, risks or timelines or some kind of detail about a project where, where, you know, when I, when I've talked to, you know, another leader in my company or something and they didn't feel filled in and I'm trying to think of specifics and that's, that's happened a couple of times where it's, you know, I get, I take off in one direction, but it affects maybe operations or it affects finance and I didn't bring in the right heads to the table. And so I'll bring that to my team and be like, hey, you know, I, I had this screw up. Uh, I want you all to know about this. So as you're going about through your work in the next few weeks, like just keep this in mind, you know, make sure you communicate, make sure you're not in too much of a hurry. If you are in too much of a hurry, slow yourself down. And if you need to slow a deadline because of that, come to me and, you know, different different things like that. So I try to throw myself out there first and it has worked out because I'd I take it as a really high compliment. I've had team members pull me out to talk about life stuff, uh, finance. <laughs> I, I, I threw a weird syllable on that. Finance. Uh, finance. Had conversations about that. You know, just things outside of work that they've pulled me in on that, you know, they've wanted to just talk about. And that kind of trust I really love. We have a culture where we openly own our stuff in front of everybody. You know, like, hey, I, I totally choked on this deadline. I need to push it back. Can anybody give me a hand or, you know, or this is ahead of deadline. You know, we have these really open communications and it's nobody really screws up in that kind of a situation because nobody's really running a fear based operation. And so what I find with that, and it's been really surprising because I've seen plenty of screw ups in my career is my team rarely screws up. And if they do, it's something like a typo. And anybody can live with a typo. Of all the problems you can have in life, that's not one of the big ones. Not me, but I hear you. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Typos okay. are terrible. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to run the print <laughs> with something that we have run it. We don't want to, but as far as, you know, nobody spent an extra $2,000 on a campaign or, you know, maxed out, you know, an account or or nobody missed, you know, an event or, you know, stuff like that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. 
it's and it's usually a social media thing where you can go back and edit it so it's not a huge deal we're sitting here bobbing our heads up and down like uh, a couple of baseball bobbleheads uh you're using a lot of the vocabulary and you're talking about things that we've built a vocabulary for in in the first few episodes of the podcast you're talking about transparency vulnerability you're talking about what we would call epic fails you're talking about giving permission for people to fail and bring that to the team and ask for help to make sure that the team as a whole is tight and as efficient as possible and these are lessons that that we've been trying to share uh, and preach so it's part of the reason that we wanted you on today. We're just sitting here going, yep, this, these are these are all of the things that we could see through conversations with you over the last couple of months in how you work with your team and that honesty and that permission to not be perfect. If I haven't said it enough, man, the day I'm perfect, I'm going to be a lot harder to live with. I just want to clarify for the audience. I promise you Mac is not a plant <laughs> because <laughs> if you've been following along so far, he just covered like... I don't know, three or four episode topics, uh, things that things that we have said. But uh, that's one of the reasons that the three of us get along. We we um, Josh and Mac knew each other, and I got introduced, and you know we all kind of see eye to eye on some of this stuff. But I, I promise you, we're not <laughs> we're not feeding him a script. This is <laughs> this is truly how he rolls, helping to run a very successful realty company, and it's great to hear. I, I got a chicken walk, Mac. Uh, I want to share the story of just a, a couple of days ago, um, we were just having a, a conversation and Mac, Mac talked to me about um, some hiring practices and we were talking about culture and how people fit into a culture. And it was it was that moment where I was like, Max, we've got to have Mac on the podcast because the thing that you were weighing out was how are people going to fit into my existing team and how will they play in that same arena with one another? And that was the the pinnacle of the questions that you were asking yourself and, and using us as sounding boards for, which was how do I make sure that I keep the culture that I've been able to build intact while including a new person into it? And uh, and yeah, that's that's part of the reason why you're here today is is I think, uh, you know, not a plant, but we could see all of these pieces. And we were more curious going a little bit deeper on how you do things uh, as a leader in a national organization for exactly that purpose. Can you talk to us a little bit when you talk about success, whether it's your company's success as a whole or you as a marketer? How do you feel like the quality of team that you've been able to build translates from that return of investment of spending the time and going off in a, in a direction where it's more about being human and being authentic than it is about numbers and driving things. Where where do you feel like that balance is and, and what kind of success has it given you in your role? That's a, you, yeah, you're going to make me think on this one. Uh, to measure success on the team is always going to come down to numbers. You know, we we work on behalf of a company. And just to clarify sort of how we work, our team is, I would say, 60 to 70% sales enablement, where our job is to give the agents in the field the tools that they need to put food on their family's plates. And, and we say that probably two to three times a week, that exact phrase is, it's our job to keep these agents' families fed. And, and so we're creating materials and doing kind of a customer service, problem solving. And then, you know, from a marketing perspective, the creative work to let them do things. And then we do a lot of coaching 
and then the other part of that is we do like your typical marketing stuff, your brand awareness, your your ads, you know, that that kind of stuff. The success is measured on, you know, when we're looking at ads, it's, you know, how many butts did we get in seats? And if we're looking at the stuff that we produce for agents, it's, you know, did we get out on time? Did the agent like it? And did it, they feel that it helped them produce business? Those, those are our measurables for success on the, on the team side, the, the success measurement for me is it, it was, it's an ongoing social experiment. It's not, it, it's difficult to quantify. It's always, you know, you can always fix logistical problems. You'll always have people problems. And so it's just balancing the different people problems throughout the days and the weeks and trying to hope you have the best team together for it. I really focused on attitude when I hired I, I got the privilege of building my team from the ground up. And there were there were two team members when I got to National Land Realty. And uh I was able to hire three more. And that was that was pretty great because I sort of got to put my little experiment into practice. And when I was hiring, it was very much I had some highly, highly qualified applicants that I dismissed outright because I didn't feel they were the right culture for the team I wanted to assemble. And so I, I, there was a very, I had a very specific thing I was looking for as far as who I hired. And I hired both of the two of the roles that I hired were extremely inexperienced. Actually, when I say extremely, I mean, had never done the job before. And uh, one of them was a recent graduate that actually applied for a data entry position. And through the course of interviewing for that, I just, I, I liked him, you know, he was just a solid candidate as far as attitude and culture. And it's not like there were a whole lot of qualifications for the data entry thing at the time. I was just looking for the right fit, but he told me he was had always wanted to be a writer. He was a literature major and his previous job was writing. And it was kind of like, I need a copywriter and I think I can train this. And so I, I pulled him in just because of the culture fit and he's turned out to be a killer copywriter. So I I would say I got lucky on some levels because that's, that's a risk that could have blown up in my face pretty easy. But the the success in the team is the the dynamic that they have. Everyone has this team first attitude. It's very non ego driven. It's very much service oriented. Everyone's there and they know the goal and they know the focus. And so, it's it's just been a cool thing. It's it's been a it's been a chance to build something, and the dynamic is is very important. I would say that culture to me is more important than a lot of the qualifications. I I, I a couple things. Number one. I think you nailed it. And it's probably a lot of, it's something that I, I don't think a lot of our audience maybe has, which is the luxury to build your own team from the ground up and make it kind <laughs> I of <got> calls. Spoiled. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've been spoiled. It's, and that's fantastic. I, that's ideally everybody is, gets to experience that at least once I've gotten to at least once and it's fantastic. But my second thing was I kind of wanted to pin you down on one particular thing. You, you know, you're, you're focused on the culture. You're, you talk about, you know, these are the metrics, but they're sort of the competency side of things, which is, you know, how are we, uh, how are we as a team? Can you think of a specific thing that when you witness it, you know that the team is doing what you're designing it to do? You're, they're achieving the culture. Is there a particular behavior that you see that you go, yep, that's it. We're, we're, we're either there or we're well on our way. So the most telling one of those the most telling example i have of that is the times where we go through projects no one has any questions and where i'm hearing constructive input from team members 
where it's like I'm doing this and somebody throws out an idea or somebody brings something to me and it's, you know, I'm doing this. You have me on this project. I don't see it going this way. This is my idea where they they're pitching something. And this this is sort of I'm building up to what you're talking about. I, I've there's various times because everybody ebbs and flows throughout the year. And there's these stages where you just know that everybody's just running hot and and like they're throwing out ideas and they're breaking things down and, and they're shooting down my ideas, right? Like where I have an idea on the, how to do something and it's like, no, I think it should be done this way. And at the end of the day, you get reviews back from outside of your department where I've talked to, ag- I, I have routine meetings with agents in the field, managing brokers throughout the country where we just sit down and talk about what's going on and, and how we can do things better. Or I'll talk to, the, I meet with the CEO weekly and when when we're running hot and I'm hearing very little out of my team and all I'm hearing is good things. That's that's where I'm that's where I can go back and go, okay, we're 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 knocking that out of the park here. Um so I, I rely on third party feedback where I, you know, because marketing is the easiest thing to attack in any company. Everyone always lets everybody know when a marketing department is not up to snuff or they did something that they didn't like, or the video got produced that everybody hated. Everyone loves to criticize marketing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's art. That's why. It is, it is. It, and that's like, when I brought my team on board, one of the first things I said to him was like, you're stepping into a role where you are the most scrutinized position in a company. You have to prove your existence every single day. And if mm-hmm. if that's not where your headspace is, you shouldn't be in marketing. And And so when we put ourselves up to the fire like that, and we get terrific feedback, that's, that's I, I do rely on that stuff. The numbers I always look at. Those are I mean that's that's a daily thing, and anybody can quantify things in numbers, but that doesn't mean people care. It, when Super people true. in the company are seeing it and reacting to it, that's when I'm kind of like, okay, we're we're on the we're on point here. I want to turn that on you actually. The same question to you, but you had something. Well, I just I just wanted to point out a couple of pieces that came up in the last four or five minutes. So you you definitely talked about expectations, setting standards the transparency of that communication. But my favorite piece was where you had an idea and they shot it down. That to me though, means that they aren't living in fear. They're living for the best idea and they have the freedom and the fearlessness to go, Hey Mac, even though you're the boss and you can go, no, we're doing it this way. They're coming to you saying, eh, that even idea if it sucks. Yeah. Even if it, <laughs> even if it's a tweak or something different, that's great. But at its best, if you have a team that's so comfortable with you that you you may, you may have to defend your own idea or if you're open enough, and I know you are from some of our conversations to rethink and just simply say, oh, wait a second, that may, maybe I missed something here. Um, and taking the insight, you were talking about hiring somebody right out of school and recognizing the culture and bringing them in as a copywriter. I want to throw out there so many people put new employees in that position of be quiet, listen, and learn. Mm-hmm. People coming out of school, especially in an environment like marketing, I think of the old Mad Men episodes where it was total turmoil because they were going from print ads to photography ads into TV commercials. And we've had the same thing happen over the last 20 years where we've gone from TV or print ads, photography, print, whatever, however, however you want to artistically create into social media and becoming a social media manager. CGI is another great ad. There's so many changes and it has to be up to date and it's a constantly moving target for marketing. The fact that you're open to that tells me everything that I need to know as far as who you are as a leader. Yeah, 
I would agree with that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you mine. I have one that I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that the culture that I was after was firmly in place. If I brought something to the table, uh, sorry, that was always my reference to when I, when I met with my leaders, that was the table, something would have gone wrong. And I will say, Hey, we missed this or something happened. Here's why it's my fault. And the way, the one thing that happened and it happened a lot that I knew the culture was in place, everybody at the table started scrabbling for the blame. No, no, Max, that wasn't your fault. That was my fault because I did this or I missed that. And then the person next to them, no, 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 it wasn't your fault. It was my fault because you talked to me first and I gave you this impression. And anytime, like, I was never worried when that was happening. Everybody's scrabbling for blame and going, no, 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 I'm responsible. I was like, this this team is bulletproof. I got a, a question that's in this vein, Mac. With your experience in in marketing, have you ever been a part of another team at any level where the exact opposite of what we just talked about, we just talked about the best idea coming forward. Have you ever been in that environment where people are pushing their own idea because of wanting credit, wanting to be seen, and and working against the partners in a team, basically what's your best shit show story? <laughs> yeah. Cause they want visibility and not I've got some great ones. Uh, yeah, I, well, I want to just max what you were just talking about too. That's, that's one of my, I, I guess to, to echo what you just said, when I see my team jump on the grenade in front of each other, mm. that's when I am just great analogy. It's like, I feel, I feel spoiled in, in those, in those respects where I, I see them, you know, exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, okay, I did this, I screwed this up. You know what? I didn't give you the right information. There's no way you could have done that right. And, and where they, but what it is, is, and and I've, I've created these, these sort of just quotes that I throw around all the time. And I do say them a lot and I annoy the crap out of my team with them. And, and one of them is like, move forward fearlessly and learn from your mistakes. And you, you can't operate with fear. And, and that's, that's a really important thing with the team that I've built, there's a lot of other ones too. The other one is like, there's two people in the world. There's problem solvers and problem finders. Uh, <laughs> never, ever be the problem finder. You're always going to be one at some point. You're, you're never going to avoid it, but you got a spot when you are being the problem finder where it's just, oh, this is wrong. This is bad. So-and-so did this. Like you're, everyone falls into that. But if you're not looking for a solution, you're not really a contributor. That's funny. I've, I've had those same two groups, except um, I had problem solvers and noisemakers. That was my yes. other name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you're asking, you're asking shit show stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so man. I Give us a good up. shit show story. I think this 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 will reiterate the return on investment of having a highly productive, communicative team as opposed to a team where everybody's looking out for themselves. Hmm. Well, I mean, I started as a graphic designer. In just in in the production side, the creative side of marketing, there's a lot of ego, and and I, my first job out of college, I stepped in and it was, they had a graphic designer on staff, and I didn't know print process at all. I'm a moron at this point, and <laughs> I I didn't know process black from uh uh print what is it total black from process black or something like that. Nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about right now. So <laughs> don't worry about it. One's a little more gray than the other is basically what it is. And and I remember I just put that put together this print thing. And I didn't know that this designer that was on staff was mad that he wasn't consulted when I was hired. And he was the brother-in-law of the owner of the company. 
and he mm-hmm. walks up to me over my shoulder and I had sent it off and he him. just said, Hey, I wanted you to know that you ran the wrong black on that print and it's going to come out looking funky with these layers. I'm like, well, I didn't know that. How can I fix that? He's like, you can't, you sent it off. It's like, what? And his response to me was, I just want you to know that I saw that before it happened. And I let this happen. Oh my God. What a tool. <laughs> it was one of those like, are you shitting me? Is this real? And, and he flat out told me, I don't want you here. I wasn't consulted when you were hired. I'm the designer. Wow. And uh, I had to sit there. And I what I would have been about. Oh, how old was I? I was, you know, not young twenties. And I'm going through this thing like, oh my gosh, this is out of a movie. And uh, that is out of a movie. And it or went on for sitcom. a few more days. And I went to the owner of the company, and this guy like did photography for them too. And he'd been there, you know, brother-in-law of the owner, right? So I walked into the in the two part. They were having a partner meeting, and I basically just knocked on the door and like, "You're gonna let me in?" And and I walked in. It's like, okay, guys, uh, this is getting crazy awkward. Your your brother in law, this guy, does not want me here because he told me, and he just sabotaged my project, and I just failed in front of everybody, and I didn't know that that was happening. He, it was a setup, and and they were kind of like, yeah. Like, uh, that sounds like Brad. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to read between the lines. He's been here longer. He's your brother-in-law and he does the photography. So if it comes down between the two of us, I know who's hitting the door first. Well, yeah. I was like, so should we just part as friends now? (laughs) And that was my last day. Wow. That's a, that's a good one. (laughs) That's fantastic though. So many people struggle with, with taking that abuse and taking on that Dang. that lesser role and feeling like they're they're trapped in some way, and uh, even if you're in that position, I would give encouragement to people out and out in the world. This is literally what we're talking about. It may take some time to find the right place to be and the right culture to be in. You have more influence than you think. Yeah, and by the way, you know, back when Mac when it was in his twenties, you know, fifty or sixty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm breaking his boss, <laughs> but. I got gray beard and a balding head now. <laughs> uh, That's fun. I will say Mac is the youngest of the three of us. Boom. But what I was going to say is it's, it's easier than ever right now to find a job because right now companies are willing to hire people with a heartbeat. It's the, uh, the great resignation, all the things like, you know, I'm I'm breaking your balls, Mac. But you know, when you were in your 20s, it was a little different scene. Try oh, you, you had to beg. You had to yeah, beg. just bouncing, just ghosting your job and going and finding another one. That didn't happen. That was not a thing. And so you, if if Mac can do it, back when that was harder to do. If you're listening in the audience and you hate your job, there's almost nothing that Josh and I can tell you that's going to solve that problem. We can make it a little bit better. We've talked about incremental changes, but if you if you're dealing with that kind of tool bag, man, go find another gig. They're easy to find nowadays. They're a dime a dozen. And if you have a skill set, like a graphic design or a degree or marketing or social media XYZ, man, don't don't tolerate other people's dumb shit. I've got another point here that it was one of the things I was kind of leading towards with creating this kind of culture and the return on the investment. You're in a small company. And in my experience with smaller companies, 
They, they don't always pay as much as larger organizations, but what's the typical tenure of people on your team, Mac? How long have they been there? Uh, I've been there two and a half years. I've had one, one director. <laughs> when I, when I signed up, I asked her where she wanted to be in five years and she pointed at my seat and um which i i cracked up and i was like well it's gonna have to be somewhere else yeah you're gonna have to kill me first <laughs> you'd have to knock me off first uh but she watched what i did for a year and i remember she sat down with me and she was like i've been watching what you do i was like yeah she's like there's no way in hell i ever want to do that <laughs> and- <laughs> I've had that exact uh, yeah. There were other things like she she just had she ended up with a different kind of life path and she took on project management in marketing. I did a funny thing. I sent them a food list of her favorite foods when they hired her. I was bummed she quit, but I sent them a food list of her favorite foods and like a care sheet on how to care for for my director and uh, you know <laughs> take care of my employee. Uh, sort of like what you hand with if you're if somebody's pet sitting for you yeah it was it was like they poached they poached my employee and i had to give him credit for that and so uh, it was funny i just had a couple communications back and forth so lost one employee then i did have to let one employee go i don't want to get into specifics that would that was uh that was heartbreaking to to go through but so outside of that no turnover in in the last so i've 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 had two two members leave in two and a half years and and to the other side of the company, it's it's company culture too. It's just not my team. I can't take full credit because the company has an outstanding culture as well. And it's I I'm able to do what I do because they have a similar value set. And the but the well, be that as it may, be that as it may, Mac, it, you could ruin it absolutely. The oh. company <laughs> could have a great culture, but you are in between the company's culture and oh, the I people could, who report I to could you. I can train wreck it in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. So give yourself some credit. I wanted to jump in on another, you were at the, the shit show stories. Uh, I had one more cause it's a top-down story. What, what I talked about was more of a, more of a linear story, but I think that culture comes from the top down. Yes. I, at one point in my career was a designer, you know, doing, and again, I'm not going to name any kind of names or anything like that. The world's too small. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good example is I had a, uh, a senior member of the team, I'll call it and working on a project for a client and the client had approved all the changes that I had made. And I built these large scale campaigns for them and came in over me and gave me the instructions that I was going to do their ideas. They had some ideas that they wanted to do as well. And it was one of those like, well, the, the client's approved. Why would we do that? Cause you bill by the hour. Right. And so we, I, I built out this person's ideas and we go and we sit down in front of the client and they, they execute us in front of everybody. Like, why would you do all of this work on our dime after we have already approved the project? Like we were ready to go. Why are you presenting something new? And the guy sat there and he's, he's the one that I answer to, right? Like, this is my boss. And he's like, I don't know, Mac, why did you do that? Oh, <laughs> douchebaggery! Uh, and I have a I have a very young child at home. I have just <laughs> recent, like my wife and I were not yet married, just moved in together. And I, were we married? I think we were just right after we got married. I can't remember the timelines. Uh, but I on the spot, uh, it was just it happened, and he said that in front of the client, and it was like, nope. This is my line. 
Yeah. And I, I realized I was you. ending my job that day with no backup plan. And I just, and I, I looked at the client and I looked at him. I just said, you're a liar. I can't believe you would like, you just lied in front of the client. You drove this, you know it. I, this doesn't fly for me. Sorry, man. I'm not, I'm not taking this. And uh, we got through the meeting. It was hostile. And he, you know, very, very gracefully, no, the guy threatened to fight me in the parking lot. Um, let me go. <laughs> so, world class. This is a world class individual. He started, well, he didn't threaten to fight me. He started, he started leaning forward, like, and got within like six inches of my face. Like he was going to like be physical with me. And I'm like, we're in an office. What could you possibly, in started, front like, of clients. No, this is in his office with the door closed after. Oh, okay. This is that. I was going to leaning forward, like, yelling at clients, me, like, getting in my wow. face. I started cracking up at him like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, and he, he's trying to glare me down and, and like, you know, bully me around this is office. And I'm in a chair leaning back and he's like, you know, tower, you know, leaning over me kind of thing. Or no, he's sitting down. He scooted forward. Sorry. No. And uh, scooted forward. I started cracking up in his face. Like, are, are you trying to fight me? Is that dude? <laughs> I've got youth on my side, man. And, and I, I, I cracked, uh, back in the day. Yeah. It was. Once I cracked that joke, it was done. And he let me go on the spot. <laughs> wow. It was crazy. So That's I've a been a one. part of some really nasty cultures, I would say. And and it's a ch- my role now is a chance to not do that. Yeah. This plays, this plays into part of the story that Max and I have where some of what we've tried to do with the teams, some of what we've accomplished with the teams that we've been fortunate to be leaders of is to create an environment that was essentially based in what kind of environment would you want to be in and thrive in? And those are the perfect examples of, of why we're in leadership. And it's, it's the counter examples. It's it's, perfect counter examples. Exactly. The, you know, I learned what I didn't want to be yep. with certain leaders and it actually in in a really twisted way I'm grateful for it because it set us on a path of not putting up with people's garbage in these instances of how to create these bulletproof teams and to be the leader that we always wished we had. Yeah, well I've always gotten a lot of crap throughout my career cuz I I bounced jobs a lot when I was younger and it was cuz I would hit little lines like that where it's like nope can't go past this point time to go and and i i never was able to i was never able to suck it up on that level and go home at the ever the end of the day and feel terrible and and i've had friends that gave me a lot of crap and some of them have ended up being job hoppers like me i I feel like the ends have justified the means because the place that i've landed is so spectacular absolutely that's i mean you got the payoff that's that's one of the reasons that i mentioned to people if you are wildly unhappy don't don't consider the merits of staying versus going just go like just get the hell out and find something better yeah i would recognize that that's a that's a privileged position in in some instances because of things like your right. healthcare and children and families but i've i've been in the position to encourage people before and have worked with individuals where when we've walked through those emotional doors, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll understand that's me asking awkward questions about things that keep coming up that might not have to do with work. They might have to do with life. And there's an emotional door. And do we want to open that door and actually have a discussion about that? Because it's clearly 
holding people back or or at the very least not allowing them to flourish into their full potential and and really getting into this idea of you in the future experiencing what you've had here and the kind of leader that you want to be when you're leading your own people somewhere down the line when you're fortunate enough to be in a leadership position simply do not have to ever put up with that kind of emotional abuse so it may take a few months and it may take you being subversive to do some interviews and to figure it out in the background don't feel trapped and when we're in an environment like we are now where retention is such an issue attrition hiring recruiting is is such an issue to get qualified people in the right roles stick up for yourself it's okay even if you have to do it quietly and share it with people outside of your organization (laughs) that won't won't rat you out yeah tap your resources good google get on ZipRecruiter. i I don't know whatever by the way ZipRecruiter, if you're listening we'd love to be sponsored whatever you gotta do (laughs) whatever you gotta do don't don't sit and suffer the kind of stuff that these kinds of shit show stories it's 2023 for god's sake like it's that just kind of stuff seems so archaic to me it's it shouldn't happen i've I've gone through some of it myself so i get it I think we're at, we're at a, a paradigm right now where with with COVID and with the pandemic and, and some things that I've been reflecting on as we're, we're writing curriculums and doing some other things for for uh, some different consulting potentials. This is this is the crooks of what we're talking about, building a culture that's positive and transparent with set expectations. Everybody knows who has their back and whose shield is going to protect them when when it hits the fan there is a better way to do this thing that we call work and uh if you're not having any fun you're doing it wrong <laughs>